This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. But uh, great old timers day. Thank you, Steve Cohen. And speaking of which, so at the Pete Alonzo event. It's a big event. Pete's there. Brought a couple of teammates. Great comedy event. There was an auction. Eh, fun time. So we're taking pictures because there was a little uh, section before the event where people would take pictures with Pete, me, and Craig. I kind of felt bad because halfway through I'm realizing half these people don't want to take a picture with me, with Craig. They just want it with Pete Alonzo. <laughs> so halfway through I see my wife who I, I, I lost her halfway through even though it was our anniversary celebration. And the event, that part of the event ends. And my wife comes up to me and says, honey, I just met Steve Cohen. And I said, what? 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 I mean, you met Steve Cohen. She's like, I did. And I went up to him and we had a chat. And I said, you had a chat? So the first thing she said is, you know what? I think he knows who you are. <laughs> I said, really? And she's like, yeah. I was introduced as Evan Roberts' wife. And he at least made it seem as if, oh, great to meet you. I was like, well, he could have been pretending. So my wife says to Steve Cohen, Steve, I got to tell you something. And I know my husband, Evan, wants to tell you this face to face, but I'm going to say it for him. Thank you so much. Thank you for buying the team. Thank you for doing everything you're doing. Uh, needless to say, he and his father are very happy <laughs> that you're the owner and those other guys aren't. And I'm like, honey, thank you. Now, here's the problem, baby. And she says, what? I said, what am I going to say now when I meet him? That's what I was going to tell him. You took, you stole my material. So she got to meet him first. Then I went upstairs to this VIP area. And I got to meet Steve. And we shook hands. And I said, listen, man, thank you so much. This is, this is tremendous. What you've done with this team is tremendous. Old timers day was amazing. Was like, yeah, no problem. He says no problem as if he, he handed me nothing. Like he gave me a piece of gum. Like I said, hey, do you have an extra piece of gum? Steve's like, sure. No problem. That's how he says no problem to all these grandiose thank yous that I have. And I, I think I represent 98% of the Met fan base when I say thank you, Steve Cohen. So we talked a little bit about old timers day and how great it was. And I asked him, by the way, what the hell happened with David Wright? He's like, I don't know. Couldn't make it. What can I tell you? And then I brought up my theme ideas to him about old timers day. Because I asked him, I said, would you do it again? And his answer was, I don't really know right now. He's like, look, I'm just listening to the fans. The fans wanted it. Gave the fans what they want. I love that. I love that, dude. Yeah, no, he, he Pete, he comes across. And I, and I don't think this is a surprise. I'm not breaking any news here with this. 
So if you thought I was, I apologize. That was never going to happen. <laughs> it was just me kissing his ass for five minutes, essentially. Uh, oh, yeah. Then he gave me a, a programming job where I can... I forget it. I'm not going to get into that. He gave me a job that I gladly accepted. Now, I made a joke that he should buy SNY and put Carton Roberts on all day. And his joke back was, you know what? If I do that, you can program the entire channel as well. And I said, Ooh. oh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> Ooh. So I got a lot of classic Met games I want to add to the uh, to the <laughs> list of games. But he comes across like a really down-to-earth dude. But the best part of what he's doing, besides the money, I think we all know that, that he spends money and cares about winning, is that, and he showed this in the conversation with me, but he's shown this with the way he's acted. He listens to us as fans. Like, he is literally the owner that you want to create in a science lab. He's got a ton of money. And he gives a crap what we think and what we want. Now, we're not monolithic. We don't have the same view or the same opinion. But when we do come together on something like black uniforms or old timers day, this guy listens. And so basically my five minutes was thanking him and representing all of you that we appreciate that this guy has bought this team. Now, I wrestled with something, Pete. There was something I wanted to say to him that I did not say. I'm going to make it clear. I did not say this. And I felt like if I said this, I would have gone full fanboy mode. I was already a big fanboy enough, but this would have been maybe too far in my fanboyness. So I held back. And I want you to be honest with me and say, Evan, you were smart for holding back. Or come on, Evan, you should have said it. And it was in my brain. It was in my lips during that first silence of awkwardness that may have come between me and Mr. Cohen. When I'm oh. like, where's the conversation going now? And I was about to say it, and I didn't. I held back. I showed restraint. I was going to say to him, by the way, Steve, you need to pay Jacob DeGrom whatever the F he wants. That's what I was holding back. And I was like, ah, you know what? Do I really want to tell this guy what to do with his money? I can do that on the radio. He's going to hear me give that opinion. Do I, man to man, eye to eye, tell him that he should just open up the coffers for Jake? And I was part of me was afraid of what he was going to say back. Like, nah, I'm not going to pay him. Nah, he would never say that. And I know publicly he has said, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep him. But I held back from saying that. So in your opinion, Hoff, should I just have said it? Yeah, you should have said Jacob deGrom <laughs> is, is, is a Met for life, right? And just put it that way. No, no questions about money. Nothing like that. Don't, don't. Again, don't, don't position as you have to spend all this money. No, it's just he, he should know the value of Jacob Degrom to this fan base. So you, fail. I think he does, <laughs> and I think this Jake thing is going to end one of two ways, and I think we're going to have to respect this if it ends this way. I want to make this clear. I will not even be. I'll be disappointed. I won't be angry. I think the Mets are going to make him the biggest offer. I really do. I, I have confidence that Steve Cohen, from a financial standpoint, in an average annual salary, and probably with years, but years can always be the dicey part, I think he's going to offer Jake the most money. And I fear that Jacob DeGrom, for whatever reason, maybe it's just living closer to where he's from, uh, could opt to go somewhere else for less money in a John Olerud kind of move. And none of us are bitter against John Olerud. But the truth is... John Olerud left money on the table to go sign with the Seattle Mariners. That's what he did. And we don't hate him. Not a bad word was said about him. We all kind of respected 
that he just wanted to be closer to his family. Now, John Olerud is not Jacob DeGrom. John Olerud was a beloved Met, and he was a very valuable Met. And while Todd Zeal was great in that 2000 postseason, so I don't want to take anything away from him, John Olerud was better and was a better fit for that team. I think the Mets would necessarily win the World Series in 2000 because, again, Todd Zeal was great in the 2000 postseason. He's the one who's supposed to have driven in Timo Perez if he still ran, besides the point. So I think it's one of those things where if they don't re-sign Jacob DeGrom, it's not going to be because of us. It's not going to be because of Steve. It would just be because Jacob DeGrom wants to go somewhere else. And I think if it involves, and I don't know this for sure, because I think he's from Florida, so he's not going to a Florida team. If anything, he's just going closer to where he would live, whether it's the Braves or the Astros or the Texas Rangers or I don't know whatever geographic location is. Well, yeah, no, but you 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 mentioned Braves, but that that's a team that's that's come up a couple times. If he's from Florida, why Atlanta? Why why is Atlanta the destination? I I don't know. I'm literally just looking at a map saying this is closer to where he lives. But you're right. If you get on an airplane, what the hell's the difference? I I don't know. I'm not negative that he's going to leave. I'm not a believer that he's going to leave. It's just that the way I view free agency, and I've always said this is that you run a dangerous game when you get there. And by the way, the facts have proven this out over the last 20 years. There have been guys who have gotten a free agency, and our initial reaction is there's no way that guy leaves. And I'm going to give you two examples. And by the way, they both left. Freddie Freeman is the most recent one. There's no way he leaves Atlanta. And I don't want to hear about what happened and his breakup with his agent. It doesn't matter. He left Atlanta. It doesn't matter. He's on another team now. And the other guy, and don't do revisionist history on this. When this guy got to free agency, we all thought he was going to re-sign, and that's Albert Pujols. None of us thought he was ever going to leave St. Louis, and he did. And we, we know why. In Pujols' case, a team was there to make an offer that the Cardinals said, sorry, we're not doing it. The Freeman thing's a little murkier. So what I've always thought about free agency is if you ever let a guy get there, you risk losing them. I don't care how obvious we think it is. And by the way, Aaron Judge is in the same boat. It's why, even though I may predict Judge will stay with the Yankees or DeGrom will stay with the Mets, nothing should shock you. Nothing. Nothing. Because when you leave a guy enough of an opportunity to think about, oh, I like Northern California. I'm from there. F it. I'm going to go home. And you all can laugh about that as Mets fans, but we may be in the same boat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because Jacob DeGrom may say to himself, ah, Houston, that's a lot closer to where I live and similar to where I'm from. F it. I'm going to go there. And that's what's dangerous. And that's why, ideally, and the Mets did this a few years ago with Jake. I screamed about this on the radio four years ago, and I think I won this, while others said you can't give DeGrom a contract off a career season. Because people thought 2018 was a career season. That was the thought at the time. Can't pay him after this year. And my thought was you have to. You got to keep him. You don't risk letting a guy get to free agency. So with DeGrom, with Judge, I think it's the same in that whenever you let a guy get to free agency, you run into a bigger risk. So that's just the way that is. Real quick on the Dodgers, uh, this series coming up. 
look, I know the Mets haven't hit over the last week. I think Koff and Lugie did a great job covering that. They didn't hit against the Yankees. They didn't hit against Colorado. It was an uninspiring, I admit, three out of four. But they won three out of four. That's the reality. And I'm happy with the series, despite the frustration of losing the finale one nothing. Here's what's crazy about the Dodgers. And I know that this is something I shouldn't say because the Mets are about to play a three-game series against a team who, in all likelihood, will set the major league record for most wins over a two-year period. I'm not even kidding you. They're going to do that. Because I think the record must have been the 98 Yankees and the 99 Yankees, 114 wins, 98 wins. I think that adds up to 212 over two years. They won 105 games, 106 games last year. They're going to do that again. They're 89 and 38. So from a regular season winning standpoint, this Dodger run that they're on is historic. And I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that their lineup is very scary. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, uh, Trey Turner. I mean, just those three guys alone scares the crap out of me. I know Justin Turner's having a down year, and Cody Bellinger is not the same guy we thought he was a few years ago, and Max Muncy hasn't produced the way we maybe thought, but is a real scary lineup. But I'll tell you this about the Dodgers, and you're going to see it in this three-game series, and they may get shut down by Andrew Haney. They may get shut down by Tyler Anderson. But did you just hear those two names I mentioned? Tyler Anderson and Andrew Haney. Andrew Haney was a guy we were running out of New York a year ago. This guy sucks. When he's pitched, and he's only pitched like 10 or 11 games for the Dodgers, he's been fantastic. Tyler Anderson, what? Tyler Anderson is a journeyman lefty. Like, come on. How is this happening? Now, again, Tyler Anderson pitched really well against the Mets earlier this season, and he may well go pitch seven scoreless innings in this series. So I'm not saying this as some kind of double jinx. I just, I'm amazed at how good the Dodgers are, and statistically, they're great at everything. They got the best team team ERA in baseball. They got the best starters ERA in baseball. They got, like, the fourth best bullpen ERA in baseball, even though Craig Kimbrell's a disaster, and he won't be available for the first game of this series based on what happened on Monday night, and I think he even pitched Sunday. But... I look at their rotation, and, and that's the thing we're prideful about. It's the thing we look at and say we're the best at with Scherzer and DeGrom, Bassett, one, two, three. I look at the Dodger rotation, and here's what I see. I see Julio Urias, who I have great respect for, back-to-back, really good seasons, 25 years old. He's awesome. Put him in the corner. He's awesome. Not going to say a bad word about him. I see a 34-year-old Clayton Kershaw, who's never healthy, and has never been a big-time postseason performer, he may come back off the IL in the finale of this series, or he'll pitch Friday and avoid the Mets. So you got Clayton Kershaw. You got Tyler Anderson, who's having a great year. Hoff, Tyler Anderson last year, how would we have viewed him? If the Mets had acquired him, we'd have been like, oh, yeah, back of the rotation guy. Yeah, that's basically it. No, no one expected anything out of him. He's a stud in, in L.A. He's a stud. Now, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. Because I think eventually, it's like Esteban Loaiza when he had that amazing season late in his career. You look at him and say, he's Esteban Loaiza. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's a Cy Young Award winner? Andrew Haney? Like, that rotation. And, and, and by the way, I'm leaving guys out. Here's who I'm leaving out. Tony Gonsolin just went on the IL. And, and here's my reaction to this. As a fantasy owner of Tyler, Tony Gonsolin. So I'm affected by this. Justin Verlander, too. I know Lugie mentioned that the other day, though. I still have Scherzer. I still have DeGrom. I still have Brandon Woodruff. I'm okay. But Tony Gonsolin's got a forearm injury. I don't know how serious this is. 
I can't think about him now for the next few weeks. Walker Bueller's basically done. Poor guy needs Tommy John surgery. So, and oh, by the way, they have a closer they can't rely on. Craig Kimbrell has been a walking contradiction this season. So, I don't want to badmouth the team that's 89 and 38 where the Mets are about to play three games against them. And I'm not badmouthing them. What I'm really saying is I look at this team and say, wow, they have flaws. Wow, they're beatable. Now, I know all the numbers say, Evan, they're amazing. They've got a run differential of 286. The Met run differential is 127. Like, it is night and day. They've got, like I mentioned, best team ERA in baseball, best starters ERA in baseball. They score the most runs. And I, I won't say a bad word about that lineup because that lineup is loaded. But I see flaws when it comes to their rotation from a health standpoint. I see flaws when it comes to their bullpen. I see a team that despite that record, they are not to me as good as they are and as good as their record says they are. With that said, there's going to be a challenge for three games. And considering the Braves are taking on the Colorado Rockies, it ain't going to be easy. But I do want to thank the Cardinals. I want to thank Lars Newtbar. I want to thank... I just love that name. I want to thank the Cardinals as a whole. A couple of comeback victories on Saturday and Sunday after they blew the lead. They win two out of three against Atlanta. It felt like it was going to be a disaster all weekend. And considering the Mets did have a trip up on Sunday... The Mets have a three-game lead. If you would have told me going into this four-game weekend when the Mets were up by a game and a half going into Thursday night, you're going to double that lead. You're going to get it to three games going into Tuesday. I would have said thank you very much. So thank you to the St. Louis Cardinals and hopefully the Colorado Rockies and my guy, Winton Bernard. Did you see that video with Winton Bernard? If you didn't cry, Bernard is the guy the Rockies called up. He's a 31-year-old minor 31-year-old, yeah. Yeah. He gets called up. And they show the video where he's caught. He's, I'm going to cry talking about this. Where he's FaceTiming his mom. And he's like, I made it. And his mom's like, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, I'll never forget what you did and what dad did. Getting me to practice, all that stuff. And I knew I'd make it. And I'm here. And he was 31 years old. It's, this is really a freaking awesome story. Getting emotional thinking about it. I hope Winton Bernard hits 850 <laughs> against the Atlanta Braves <laughs> this week. I hope Charlie Blackman goes back to the guy from five years ago and is an MVP caliber player for a week because, hey, the Braves were due to lose a few games, and they finally have. So this will be a fun week, though. A fun week, a little challenge against the Dodgers because after this, for a full month, the schedule gets a lot softer. Are you confident going into this Dodgers series off? Are you a little uh, trepidatious? No, I feel good. Again, like we we just talked about the fact that the Dodgers are not fully healthy, which means nothing. It really means nothing. It depends on, on what Mets show up. I, I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel confident. Listen, they had a good series. They had a decent series. They survived a good series versus the Colorado Rockies. I say survived because there's a lot of faults there. But this is where they got to put up or, you know, or shut up. And I think they're going to put up. I hope so. I certainly hope so. We'll have another Rico Bronia after this series is over. They have an odd 4 o'clock start. On Thursday, so sometime late Thursday night, certainly before you wake up Friday morning, you get another Rico Bronya as we react to a three-game series against the L.A. Dodgers. This three-game series is going to determine the season series because remember all the way back a few months ago, they split those four games in L.A. I think we were calling it the greatest split in the history of baseball. 
Now they have a three-game series in which we'll see Taiwan Walker, Andrew Haney in the opener. We'll see a great matchup between Tyler Anderson, who I know we're mocking, but there's no denying he's been great this season. He takes on Jacob DeGrom. And then the finale is going to be Chris Bassett against somebody. I had been reading that they're thinking about starting Clayton Kershaw in his return from the injured list on Thursday afternoon. So that's how it sets up this week. Uh, if you haven't heard, Lugie and Hoff did a great job recapping the series against the Rockies and talking about really being a Met fan overall. So check that out if you haven't gotten to it. And thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. Craig and I will be back Tuesday after Labor Day, so there is a little vacation going on. But the Rico Bronia doesn't go on vacation, unless it's my anniversary. It's the only exception. <laughs> thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>